I was from the very beginning of making music and putting it out from the very, very beginning. Uh, I had very powerful feedback along the lines of it being somewhat in, in the life solving life saving realm for people mm. back when I was doing my, my early, early rap stuff. And the reason was, was because I was very, very honest. And in my very, very early rap stuff, I was talking about stuff that you're not supposed to talk about in rap music. And I was being very, very, uh, honest about, about everything. And so that was useful to some people who had similar experiences or had, or just, uh, fell alone. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Lewis and Kyle show. This one was exciting. We bring on Akira the Don, who is one of my favorite musicians. He produces his own music. He's a DJ, but he's best known now for Meaning Wave, a project where he takes awesome audio from podcasts like the Joe Rogan experience, from amazing lectures, from Dr. Jordan Peterson and similar figures, from books like the Meditations of Marcus Aurelius, where he records the audio himself, obviously, with Marcus Aurelius having lived 2,000 years ago. Naval Ravikant, uh, from kind of the famous Silicon Valley philosopher who has a lot of great talks. Alan Watts, uh, he's adapted pieces from Dune and favorite passages from that book. This conversation is wide-ranging and interesting. We discuss topics like how Akira has been hyper-productive on purpose the past couple of years, how a lot of that was brought about by him having his very first child, Hercules. We discuss the growth of his project, Meaning Wave, and kind of the universe he envisions that creating. We discuss synchronicities, pattern recognition, living in Mexico, the effects that his music has had on people over time. We also discuss the lo-fi variation of his music and why he takes the effort to also put that out. I am extremely grateful to have had the opportunity for this conversation. Akira is no joke. One of the musicians I listened to in 2021, he was my number one most listened to musician. I'm pumped for you to listen to this conversation. It was a Really exciting to be able to chat with him. And I know you're going to learn a lot and find a lot interesting from this conversation. So I'm going to switch over to it now. Akira, informally welcoming you to the show since we've been chatting for a few Oh, thanks. Now. Uh, That's very nice of you. Big fan of your music. And Thank you. the more I've realized that you do things other than music, becoming a fan of those as well. Um, hey. So great to have you on the podcast. Thank you, brother. Yeah. First Quick question play. for you is why do politicians need to have children? Oh, yeah. Well, you know this. I mean, politicians. Well, it used to be the case that you expected them to have children because uh, so that they have an investment in the future. So they have skin in the game. You know what I mean? So if they're like doing things that are changing the world, at least if they've got children, you could think to yourself, well, they're not going to completely fuck it up, are they? They're not going to like hand it over to Satan when they've got kids. The kids have got to live in the world. If they hand the world over to Satan... Like that would suck. They wouldn't do that to their own children. They're humans, surely. Then you move into an age of politicians without children who have no skin in the game. And uh, presumably they would do anything for Satan. Like, why wouldn't they? They have no they have no they have no one to worry about a future for. So, yeah, you got politicians got to have children. How did you change? Even if they buy them on eBay. Do you think that having your kid uh, influenced Meaning Wave? I mean, I'm sure in every way it does, of course. But, like, right. Like, does that skin in the game uh, change you? Yeah, of course. Of course. I had had terrible socialist uh, brainwashing upbringing, you know, and terrible relationship with money, terrible ideas about that sort of thing, you know. And then I had a kid, and it's like, ooh. I gotta fucking look after this little motherfucker somehow. How do you look at? It? I was like, I was all right. I didn't mind putting myself in reckless endangerment every day of my life. 
that was fine. You know, if I want to do stupid shit and possibly die every time I step out of the house or whatever the fuck, then groovy. But then she got you got a little eho. You know, you got this little little thing. Like shit, I got to sort my shit out. I sorted my shit out so fucking fast. It was crazy. Just super fast. Like within a couple of years of Hercules being born, I lived. I was living in America. Uh, I'd invented Meaning Wave. I'd fixed all my my terrible uh, financial problems with my brain that got put there by by people who had had it happen to them, you know. And uh, and uh, shit was shit was very groovy, you know. He only had to experience poverty for a couple of years, you know. So actually, actually, it's quite good. Like he remembers. He can remember as like having not having money to the point that I was like looking down the back of a sofa for like coins in order to like buy some food. Uh, but that's a very early memory, you know, that's a very early memory. And uh, now he doesn't have to worry about such things. So I take it like before, you know, the kid that was that wasn't something that you ever worried about. Like it doesn't it didn't matter to you. And I don't want to ascribe to no, ascribe but... anything, but like your life, you know, as far as I can tell was just like over and over this crazy, like it just, you're just doing things all the time, moving around, doing unbelievable. I don't even know where I'm going with this really, but I think you, you understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Look like, you know, uh, a man, this is another reason people need to have children. Otherwise they'll never fucking grow up. Mm. You know, a man, a man without children, uh, well, he has a man with no responsibility can do whatever the fuck he wants. And you might think you think that's a good thing, but it's not necessarily a good thing. Uh, you know, it's like uh, the burden of too much choice. If you never focus on one thing, you'll never reach the potential of that thing. If you keep fucking around, oh, I can do this today, tomorrow I can do that. Today, da, da, da. Uh, you know, you can never master anything. Hmm. And whether and you know the the ultimate thing to master, of course, is, is life. You know, and how can you master your life if you don't fucking pay attention and focus on it? And uh, children have an incredible uh, way of, of really fucking laser focusing a man. Uh, you know, and I don't know if I would have ever laser focused in the way I've laser focused over the past uh, seven, eight years without little Hercules. I don't think I would have. You know. You've talked a lot about in the past, you know, this phase of hyper productivity that you entered. How did you mm. like define hyper productivity by input, by output? And I, I'm very curious about all aspects of that phase of your life. And do you still consider yourself to be in it? And in addition yeah, very much. to that, sorry, before you go, the, the guideposts or, or the things that you would see along the way that told you you were going in the right direction. You you use a word for that um, that I can't remember off the top of my head, but that I don't know like what it means. So could you tell us what that word means and tell us about this period of hyperproductivity? Uh, if you're talking about synchronicity, that's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're talking about a synchronicity. What might be a synchronicity? A synchronicity might be you think of your mother and then she phones you. Mm -hmm. You think, ah, oh, my mom. I love my mom. And then your phone goes, Burp, and there's your mother. You know what I mean? Or it might be that, uh, you know, you've been you've been trying to think about, like, a problem. And then you step outside and the answer to the problem is written on a billboard. Or, uh, you know, some shit like that. Uh, so, yeah, and, you know, many examples of synchronicities. Uh, 
so yeah, synchronicities are, are patterns. I guess it's a way of like the world. I was to, I was with young J.K. Molina earlier, who you may know from Twitter, uh, Money Twitter Land, and um, we were talking about patterns. And I, and I, you know, it's all about observing patterns. My friend Grant Morrison, who's a comic book writer and sometimes chaos magician, uh, he would he used to say that spotting synchronicities was the uh, first step to becoming a chaos magician. And uh, Malcolm X said that when he was, when he saw synchronicities, he knew he was walking with Allah, right? Two different schools of thought on it. But it's basically, it's, pat it's recognizing patterns and the world is made of patterns. And the universe is made of patterns. Everything is patterns. Music is patterns. Frequency is patterns. Everything is patterns. And we're pattern recognition machines. And the better one can get at recognizing patterns and the more fluent one can get in the language of patterns, then uh, the deeper one's experience with this experience becomes and the more powerful one becomes within that experience and the greater one's ability to navigate and affect that experience, it seems to me. So anyway, that's just like one aspect of it. The hyperproductivity thing, I started in earnest in February 2018. And the idea was just like, how much fucking, how much could I do? How much time was I wasting? What would happen if I stopped wasting that time? What would happen if I uh, removed friction wherever I found it? What would happen if I leaned into concepts like batching? Uh, you know what batching is? You know, where, um, say, the qu quick way of explaining batching is uh, you don't wash a sock every day. You know what I mean? You put your socks in a basket and you wash all the black ones all at once, maybe once a week. You know, that's batching. You get in the zone of sock washing. You know what I mean? You wash those socks real good. If you're doing it every day, it might, you might not be as good on a Wednesday as a Tuesday, and it would take you ages, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, and the point of that, the reason to do the hyperproductivity, the reason was because uh, I'd realized that there is such a thing as the zone, and I'd realized there is such a thing as, as not being able to get back in the zone, which I'd witnessed from observing indie bands in the 90s and, uh, and, rock, and rock musicians who would have this habit of like being in a garage and uh, playing together every day for years and writing songs and then making their first album and then blowing up and then going on tour for two years and falling out of the zone because they're on tour doing cocaine and not writing songs and shit. And then they come back to make their second album and it's fucking rubbish because they couldn't get back in the zone. And I'd noticed that uh, Lil Wayne at his peak uh, in like 2005, six, basically the whole uh Carter three drought mixtape period when he made uh like 170 songs in a year he was just recording all the time all the time all the time and when he was on tour he had a tour but he had a recording studio on his tour bus and he so he never left the zone until he just fucking had enough and like stopped and then it was difficult for him to get back he's only just got back like he was out of it for years you know what i mean and um drake similar thing drake just kept moving whether you like drake or not uh, Drake got himself into a place and stayed there, refused to fucking leave, you know, DJ Khaled. Anyway, so the point being, I wanted to get, you know, get in that place, not leave it. Hyperproductivity is a way of doing that, I discovered. So, uh, you know, you're basically creating as much as possible in as fluid and, uh, and uh, obstacle-free, a fashion, friction-free, a fashion as possible that keeps you in the zone. And as long as you're in there, 
that will start reflecting into all other areas of your life. And uh, everything becomes quite sort of magical. And uh, what you're doing will keep improving. Uh, the effect of what you're doing will grow more powerful. And uh, your, your, your stamina, your ability to function and keep moving or what have you will also increase. Conversely, some people are like, oh, don't you get fucking tired? Don't you want a break? And it's like, no, actually, when you're doing it properly, that is the opposite because it, it powers you up. If you've ever like experienced really... like, momentum, you don't want to let it go. Right? And momentum is constant in everything, right? That's another thing I realized. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. There is never any, uh, there's no plateau. You know, you're going in one direction or the other direction. And you, and you know that, like, if, like, you've ever been, like, engaged in trying to be a healthy motherfucker and then you might start doing some snacking-type activities, like, then you'll start leaning more in the direction of them snacking activities and then the next thing you know, you're a fat fuck. Oh, shit, how did that happen? The momentum kept fucking moving in that way. And, you know, and it's that's why it's just easier. I mean, there's so many reasons. But uh, it's so much easier to... to uh, pick the righteous path and fucking go all in on the righteous path because it will become easier. It will reward you. And next thing you know, you'll be fucking carried like a, like a, a rock star in a crowd to whatever your aim is. And you'll be being carried by the fucking habits that your discipline created for you. Uh, and the, the very momentum of that uh, zone in habitation, hyper-productivity, uh, meaning whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Lots of the things you were just saying, they were reminding me of like some lyrics from a lot of like your Jordan Peterson music. Like, you know, that one is the chorus is what would you be like if you stopped wasting time? Yeah. And I can imagine like making that type of music, you have like an even deeper connection than I do as listening to it. But like, I want to get into the effect that your music has on people specifically, you know, the meaning wave music. You don't just back on that before that. That's, that's a really, that's a really good point because it just answers that previous question. There is so much of the, regular humans time that is wasted uh what's that car what is it carl young said about like if you have no plan a plan will be made for you or something along those lines right uh similarly it's similar to the program will be programmed yep similar you know if you are not willfully using your time it will be used for you by something else whether that is someone else's desire to have their algorithmic gods uh, sacrificed to, whether that is like someone else's weirdo fucking plan, like whether it's fucking demonic entities, I don't fucking know. Like if you are not willfully use, utilizing your life, it will be used for you. And it probably won't be for something that it wouldn't be the thing that you would choose if you'd bothered to make a choice. So you can choose. And what I discover is I've been doing this for years now and I'm still fucking finding areas of, uh, of wastefulness or areas where I could be being more efficient or areas where I, I get fucking sidetracked unnecessarily or whatever it is. And I've been doing this for years and being very careful about it and very considerate about it. And I, and I do audits, you know, I sit there and go, okay, what am I doing with my life? And what happens at this time of day? And oh shit, at that point, this thing has crept in and da 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 da. So like, yeah, yeah, it's fucking crazy how much of our energy we allow to go into things not of our choosing. Yeah. There are two people that come to mind for me that I'm curious if you've ever thought about making music based on. Uh, that, I don't know how much recorded audio exists for Teddy Roosevelt, but, you know, the biography for him is, like, called, like, Young Man in a Hurry. And it's about, like, how, you know, prolific he was 
in his early, like between like 16 and 25, how he like published all these novels and ran for these offices and served in these wars and all of that. And then <laughs> in like this extremely short period of time. And then the other one being Arnold Schwarzenegger in his autobiography talking about like how in his twenties, you know, he was a competitive bodybuilder. He was finishing college classes. He was making documentaries. He was, I think also he was starting a family fucking no. going into the jungle. Oh yeah. To, with chicks oh, and, and beer and weights. Yeah. No, his fucking, his routine for training is fucking amazing. Go into the jungle by a pool or a lake or whatever. He's like, lift the weights with the girls there and trying to impress the girls with lifting the weights. Then you'd drink and then you'd like make love to the girls and frolic in the pool and then go back and lift more weights whilst being drunk and sort of like loved up from hanging out with girls. That was his doesn't sound like there's any time wasted in that routine. So I'm just, no, curi- just, just no. curious if there's a, uh, <laughs> interest in like remixing any, any Arnold from, from that period of time. I need his mail order business that, as well. I sometimes think, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't like to talk about upcoming things too much, but, uh, obviously those is two legends with much to, uh, much to give the world. It's a shame what happened to Arnold. Sometimes I think that maybe he, he was one of these, him, like him and Gucci Mane and Eminem were all fucking kidnapped and cloned and replaced with, uh, robots or something. I think that's probably, that might explain it. You know, that Arnold today going, where's the fuck your freedom? I don't think that that's, that's not the same Arnold. Although young Arnold did to remember, I do remember hearing him saying, that interview where he was talking about having dreams of being some kind of a dictator like Hitler or something, right? So young Arnold was an interesting fellow. Uh, and uh, Yeah, a very interesting fellow. I don't know if that answers your question. Ha! You, uh, the, the, the two figures exist in your mind. Oh, and, and regarding to... they'll become music is to be determined. Yeah, well, like, but... yeah, well I've determined all sorts of things, but I don't like um, giving things away too early. Because uh, I do like the whole thing is is a story and uh, the mm-hmm. element of surprise uh, and delight is a big part of that experience in a narrative fashion. Fucking Teddy, your boy, Teddy. Uh, there's a there's things, <laughs> yeah. And also, by the way, if there isn't um, audio of people, uh, books, and other people's voices for example there's no audio marcus aurelius yeah and i turned that motherfucker into a record part two is coming soon grateful (laughs) to the gods that one's that's that one that one bumps that one do bump we got fucking uh epictetus out there now i've been turning in a bunch of burton bradley poems into songs recently i don't know if you heard burton bradley crazy he's like a fucking poet from 100 years ago he's basically a motivational uh he'd be like he was like the 1908 like number one motivational instagram account poet guy and uh i've been turning his 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 poems into songs lately have those dropped are those on are those out yet yeah there's a couple dropped one just came out called start where you stand and there was another one called the wind will to win which came out as singles uh i put out a lot of stuff you know i put out shit every week you're hyper productive incredibly prolific it's okay if you miss something yeah yeah and the the side effect of that is that even people who are who think of themselves as big fans or whatever completely miss things oh and don't know God. like even if it's things that they're really with, interested in. Uh, I was always the the young lord I was talking to earlier is oh. a massive fan of me and Naval and somehow wasn't aware that we'd recorded a podcast together. Uh, I only knew about that today. The records well. we've done existed. Yeah, I only learned that oh, you, you and Naval collab today. Oh shit! There you go. 
Yeah. And that's good. I often think it would be really nice to uh, not be me and to be able to discover Meaning Wave. Like, it'd be epic. Like, look at all this fucking stuff. Wow. This music is amazing. And there is tons of it. Oh, my God. He did a record with fucking uh, that guy that I like. Wow. That was crazy. Whoa, there's a Reva Tez single. What? Are you fucking kidding me? What? Charlie Chaplin? Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> So we've been describing your music as music, uh, which I think is a you know, not a good kind of descriptor. Fall, fall short, fall short. Uh, you call it a psychotainment technology. I feel like I sound like a mainstream media news anchor the way I ask that question. I feel like someone who's just like never heard the word before. But how would you describe your music as more than music? Because obviously there's there's much more behind the scenes. Uh, not even oh, it's the music. Scenes. The thing is with music is we don't fucking fully understand it. You know, it's quite weird because it's been around for as long as we have. But I don't think, I mean, there hasn't been very much public research into it, uh, given how fucking powerful it is. Uh, may, you know, there's been less public research. Maybe it's because it is so powerful. Because if people fucking understood what was going on, they would they would be uh, less wanton uh, with how they they choose to allow it into their lives. You know, he was talking about sort of. <laughs> the whole program will be programmed thing. But like you sitting around listening to fucking a bunch of soy emo dudes wailing about uh, breaking up with their girls all day. What do you think that's going to do to your fucking subconscious over a period of years? By Joe, uh, you listen to a bunch of whatever the fuck it is, you know? So people don't think about that shit. There's also the frequencies as well, you know? But anyway, uh, with regards to uh, how I've, I've been describing meaning wave i called it a psychotechnology and that was because i was listening to john viveki uh, i did some songs with and uh, he was talking about psychotechnologies and i was like oh yeah that describes what this is you know so uh because it has a utility uh and when i first sort of started making it it was specifically i was trying to uh i was trying to uh ingrain a bunch of ideas, uh, things that I wanted to embody. You know, you listen to a podcast, you might listen to it once, you might listen to it twice. And if you don't instantly work out ways of embodying the wisdom or knowledge or whatever that you heard in that podcast, it will eventually evaporate. And then three years later, you'll hear another podcast and you hear someone say the same thing again. You'll be like, oh yeah, that fucking thing. I forgot, yeah, that, I knew that. But if you do not work out a way to embody that, it is gone. Wisdom is only wisdom when embodied. Otherwise, it's, it's knowledge, and it's only knowledge, and knowledge you can forget. You know. Uh, so the idea with the music was to take a bunch of these various ideas and concepts and, and uh, things I wanted to to embody to be able to, uh, you know, uh, what would be the right word to uh, uh, I can't think of the right word. You know what I'm talking about. And uh, music is the perfect delivery me mechanism for all of this stuff. And I knew that from when I was little because the last exams I did at school, the only, re the only what's the word? study I did was reading my notes over ambient music and playing it when I went to sleep. You know, and that worked. I got good marks and I quit school when I was 16. Uh, you know, so we we know this the way that people used to remember uh, books before there was a printing press. People just used to remember fucking books, right? 
But the way they would remember him is because there was a rhythm and a melody associated. So the Iliad and all that shit, people used to fucking basically like, you know, rap that to each other. Like fucking story time rap battle around the campfire and shit. You know what I mean? Aunt Gertrude has got chapter 17. You know what I mean? And then Uncle Uncle Herbert comes through with chapter 18. He's maybe added a bit of his own flavor to it and maybe his, his rhythm is off, but you know what I mean? That's how people would do it. So like you make things rhythmic, you find the inherent rhythm and melody in what is said because there is inherent rhythm and melody in all speech because all speech... Uh, uh, aspires to the condition of music anyway so uh if you can find that which is already there and then you can put music around that that complements that then uh that's something that you can uh use to uh you know you can use that forever people write, write to me a lot and they say carry the dawn i've been listening to this one record of yours for two years and i've just worked out what it meant but they were able to listen to it for two years because it was a cool song and they blah, 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 blah. and then they suddenly when they get to the point in their life where they're ready to receive the information or they've had enough life experience in other ways that they can understand the thing, then it fucking clicks and then they get it and then they can they can embody it uh, and it can become a part of them. Wouldn't happen in any other way. They would have listened to that two years ago and then forgotten about it. One question I have, this is a theory, I haven't totally tested it yet, uh, is you, for most of your music, if not all of it, you release an album of the, the lyrics version, then you release the instrumentals. Mm -hmm. Do you think that people will like, is there some continuous programming if you just listen to the instrumental of a song that you know the lyrics to, but you don't have the lyrical version? The so instrumentals like, like... is, a, is a vital part of the psychotechnology because that's the bit, that, that's like the final. Uh, so you listen to a record, and you kind of memorize some of the lyrics and your subconscious remembers everything. And then you listen to the instrumentals, you'll try and recreate the vocal. And if even if you're not consciously doing it, your subconscious will be doing it and will be putting it back together. So say you've got, there's a record and you know the words, uh, then you put the instrumental on while you're coding or whatever the fuck it is, a part of you will be singing along and that will be drilling it deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah, I've I've experienced that a little bit from like the yeah. few records I've played with both versions of. So that's like another. If we're con extending the technology analogy, it's a feature that continues. Yeah, it is. That's, that's an like... important part of it. So if you think about it, like when you're trying to learn a language or something like that, or uh, trying to learn anything, it's it's the it's the speaking it and actually speaking it or writing it down. But it's the, that, that you have to do that, and it's only once you've done that a bunch that you that that you've got it right. So listening to the instrumentals, the quote-unquote active learning. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Kyle, you want to jump in? You had a question? There? Yeah, like in a way, you know, you look at it like program or be programmed, and you are programming, right? Mm -hmm. And you're, you're doing so like in a positive way or as positive as as you can hope to be. Um, like <clears throat> how do you, you know, and this goes back to like content and consuming content and, and being mindful of like, it's kind of, we're all talking about the same thing. Like if you eat good food, then it's good for you because like you believe <laughs> that. And like, like how do you both create good and consume good without being programmable or programmed? Like if I, so is it just a decision? Like I want to be programmed by Akira the Don's music because I know that the intent behind it is to be good. As you mean, so the, like, how does one make yeah. the decision? Well, like you can reverse engineer, right? So you go, what do I want to be? Where do I want to be or whatever? And then you go, okay, right. what, what will get me there? 
what kind of inputs will achieve their output. So where yeah. do you want to be? Where and do how, I want to be? And how is it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I want to be, uh, where do I want to be? Uh, I want to, uh, how did, Go I, like the way, I always like the way Goggins put it. Uh, Goggins has his, his thing about the, um, the book that you're writing, right? Mm -hmm. And the, uh, when you get to heaven, like God's there and there's, there's like the, the chart or whatever that has all the very what you could have been like oh there's the version of you that could have reached this point and then given up and then gone off and done this thing and there's the version of you that got to here and there's the version of you that did this you know and goggins has this thing like when he gets to fucking heaven he wants to be they want to be like fucking hell like we, you did some shit we didn't even have down you know what i mean you went beyond the chart you outworked that fucking chart you went fucking beyond what we even had down as potential for you you know what i mean it's not just that you fucking hit your potential it's that you fucking transcended that fucking thing and got to this whole extra fucking level like there's we're at this point i don't know i'm very 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 aware uh or i think a lot about being the kind of the head of this unbroken line that goes back to the beginning of time of all these people who fought and lived and died and then i'm here at the, at the end of that right and uh i'm not only am i here at the end of that I'm at the, the head of that. I'm here at this point in the human story where we have all this and we can speak to each other through fucking sky or whatever the fuck it is, right? Where there is <laughs> like never been close to the potential for a person born of low means to achieve any of their dreams and uh, for, you know, anyone to do fucking anything, whether that's create whether that is whatever it's it's bizarre it's bizarre it's like unfathomable just going back a couple of generations like what we have and what what we can do you know so i'm very 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 aware of that opportunity and i i, I do not want to squander it i certainly do not want to squander it and uh, i'm also very excited for what you know our kids are going to do that we're going to be able to be a part of and witness. And I'm just very, very excited for this, this world we all get to be a part of creating. I think that's a fantastic answer. A question I have specifically for you, you've both listened to hours and hours of, you know, Jordan Peterson and Naval, but you've also had the opportunity to speak with both of them long form. What's been the kind of fundamental difference in learning from an actual true you know, in-person interaction with these people versus just, you know, passively listening to them as millions of other people have. So like, you know, as Kyle and I, as podcasters, this is a different opportunity to engage with you than it is to just listen to hearing you share similar ideas on other people's podcasts. Do you find there's a big fundamental different learning from that live in-person conversation with like that, you know, idolized intellectual figure or like what's the what's the difference for you between listening to them and actually having a conversation with them? Because very few people have spoken to either of those figures. Well, it's uh, well you say that, but um, certainly Jordan like does he gets a around. Lot of, so he gets sure. around. He's fucking back at it right now. He's fucking met everybody in the UK over the past three days. I think uh, he's going fucking hard. But uh, no, well you know yeah you know, you know what it is. I'm learning Spanish right, and I've been using this app called Duolingo. And uh, I do like half an hour every morning. But then 
when I, I found, I learned like way more, way faster going to uh, CrossFit and just talking with people. Because you can, you can ask, you have a little bit of feedback, just this tiny bits of feedback. An app or, or a one-way conversation, there might be something you don't fully understand. And there might be something you misinterpret. And you think about it in the moment, but because you have no one to ask about it, then you forget the question and you, you'll kind of, you'll imbue the mistake, mm. right? Or the, or the assumption or whatever it is. Uh, so the real-time interaction thing is obviously uh, superior in many ways just for things like that, just for clarifications of your own uh, comprehension or miscomprehension of certain things. And also the ability to move deeper into things of your interest, whereas the person might left to their own devices have gone down another tangent and so on and so forth. You know, yeah, basics type shit. Um, but also... Uh, the uh yeah i, I mean this is this is yeah this is, i mean this and is, your brain works differently when you're listening like me listening to you right now my brain's working a lot differently than it was when i was listening to you and danny because i i can't yeah. affect the, the like what you say or the end of the conversation but in this context i can right and so like yeah. my brain is just working i'm sure like if you took a, a mri of my brain right now or whatever it is that where you get brain scans like different parts of my brain would be heated up like thinking and and trying to figure out what to say to you to get you know some sort of interesting or, or wise nugget uh for you to talk about and it's like so yeah i think it's sort of like uh, just like a different exercise for your brain it's a dance right you know it's a dance uh, it's participatory, and uh, and it's just it's just completely different. It's a completely different thing. It's something that we're going to have to work out as we uh, move away from universities, uh, hmm. you know, because the utility of being in a place to act to to have two way communication, even in a small way, uh, cannot be fully replaced by just watching videos of people giving lectures. Uh, that's mm. an amazing thing. It's an incredible, incredible thing. Uh, I was talking about this with JK earlier about the like this weird period of time where, like, simultaneously, loads of a huge amount of society got dumbed down ridiculously compared to previous generations that read tons of books and had uh, epic vocabularies. Uh, however, we have this like growing section of the populace that are getting educations way beyond the means of traditional universities from King YouTube uh, on a, in a just on an incredibly broad variety of subjects that aren't even necessarily taught at universities where people can follow their interest where it leads them where people can learn from multiple people where people can surround themselves with a pantheon of the greatest thinkers of all time uh, just by listening mm -hmm. to these people's podcasts and where there is still potential to interact with these people in, even in a small way via Twitter or comment sections or whatever it is. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, that, that thing that we just spoke about, it's, yeah, people, you only have finite time and finite resources. You've got to dance to the music in order to, you know, you, you have to dance, right? And that's kind of what we're talking well, about. Well, it's one matter. Like... If you do not dance to it, there is a, there's a level of it which you will never understand. Right. We'll never know. You know. Hmm. And it's not like, it's like that that reminds me of like go play like the it's in one of your songs about going to play the game that you want to play. Like any game that you want to play, just go play it or something like that. Reba. 
Reba. Yeah. Out to Reba Tab. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it goes back to the thing about kids earlier, right? You could not have a kid your whole life. And you could, but you would just never know that and never have that that um, awareness and understanding in that big piece of life would be absent from your experience. I've got a random question for you. Uh, go for it, Kyle. No, Lewis, you go ahead. This one, this one's probably bonus round. It's very okay. off the wall. All right. Per, well, save it then. Uh, for I will. Then, but don't lose it. Don't lose it. We got to experience it. Uh, you mentioned comment sections. Uh-huh. What are some of the you know things that you hear all the time? Like, what are some of the effects that you are having people report to you that you've had on them? Like positive mental health outcomes. Like people pursuing their highest version, making their charts. Like what are some kind of more interesting stories you've heard uh, people report back to you that they've changed as a result uh, that they're crediting you for? I mean, they're the ones taking the action, but you're, you're definitely playing a part in motivating them. Oh, it's, it's really quite incredible at this point because we're, you know, we're some years deep into it. So now I'm having people on literally daily basis telling me they've set up businesses that they've escaped poverty that they've escaped drugs that they've got off heroin that they've repaired their relationship with their families uh listen i just like i bet if i open up my youtube there'll be something uh there's some comments and here this one 59 minutes ago akira i never thought i'd meet another person who was into meaning way at my family reunion i hear my uncle talking about how he jams akira the don in his car that was pretty shocking. A very cool moment. I was never very close to him before, but now we have something to talk about. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? So bringing people together at family, family dinners. Um, yeah, it's actually, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's it's just consistently uh, mind blowing the effect uh, these things can have on people. The just the amount of people who write saying that they were going to commit suicide or they had a friend who was committing suicide and they were able to play them songs and they were able to bring them back. Someone wrote to me a couple of weeks ago and they had a friend who tried to kill themselves and had actually you know started the process and they played them a sequence of Meaning Wave songs over the course of the whole night. And by the morning, they'd got them into a pretty good place and now they were doing much better and uh and so on and so forth um yeah it's it's, it's pretty amazing uh i love getting videos i get videos of people every day of people working out to the various songs which is really cool uh particularly because i have a lot of people who send me videos of them doing crazy things with rocks and kettlebells and shit and you think you're gonna you'd normally assume that they're listening to jocko or whatever type just the more motivational type tracks which they often are but then there's loads of them who are listening to like alan watson terence mckenna and manny hall and jordan peterson type tracks whilst lifting really heavy shit so listening to very sort of like heady uh you know concepts and, and music and stuff whilst lifting really fucking heavy things is, is a beautiful thing you know but uh yeah it's an amazing thing it's it's a huge uh privilege to be a part of people's lives in that way you know be out here yeah you're a blessing dude that's like you're blessing people with with your programming and like the music that you give to them like it allows them to i mean it's it's a multi-way thing you know i was a dj and uh you know if you it's an energy transfer when you're djing it's like a triangle thing like you're you're 
you're here and there is the crowd and you put out this thing and then it comes back to you and uh the more the more pure it comes back to you the more the more pure it's like you can't run a run a car on shit petrol you know what i mean so mm -hmm. like the emotional response to the music is is so beautiful and so pure and the energy that that gives me is such a powerful form of energy that i then put directly into the music that then goes back and uh the feedback loop of that seems to be in itself a very powerful thing yeah yeah i think that that this is something that resonated with me when you were talking to danny um as a problem with, that lewis and i face it's like you know you said at one point why do anything if it's not for other people and i think that you know with meaning wave you've clearly found that like um <laughs> i don't think that lewis and i have found that with this podcast um like how we're helping other people and i think that reflects in our numbers and i mean i think that you know up to this point lewis and i are young like not as young as you were and you left the house but we're still young we're still figuring <laughs> out what we want to do and this podcast is like a piece of that for us and so like the value accrual is mostly and has mostly been to us and like i want in the future and now for this podcast to to produce in the world good one and two meaningful outcomes like you know meaning wave is saving people from suicide which is just you know you can't you can't quantify the value that you're adding to the world by doing that it's like we interviewed um this guy Shats. not just this guy yeah shats he he invented the heart stent so like every person you know there are a lot of ways to look at the value that, that guy's produced or, or added to the world but there are a lot of people on this world that are only alive or only ever born because the heart stent exists and so like you know it's just it's hard to quantify and i i want this podcast to be something that produces good for people Positive in that sound. way yeah. obviously we're not going to invent the heart stent but and we have and it's like our our content is evergreen and, and it'll always have there's always good information but it's just like i don't know i guess i'm just looking for not advice but you know i'm sure that at some point in your long career of producing interesting content and things for people that you felt this exact same way i was from the very beginning of making music and putting it out from the very very beginning uh i had very powerful feedback along the lines of it being somewhat in in the life solving life saving realm for people mm. back when i was doing my my early early rap stuff and the reason was was because i was very very honest and in my very very early rap stuff i was talking about stuff that you're not supposed to talk about in rap music and i was being very very uh honest about about everything and so that was useful to some people who had similar experiences or had or just uh, felt alone. There's a, lot, a weird problem in our world is people feeling alone. With even now that we're so connected, people still feel alone. And anytime you can share the the purity of yourself and the and the truth of your story, uh, can be life changing for other people. So as long as what you're doing is true to to you, <laughs> shouts out to Morrissey. Uh, as you can make it, then it's going to be useful. And uh, mm -hmm. being useful, that's a good thing, man. It's, it's a wonderful thing to be useful. 
you know, out there in the world. And uh, yeah, you and as far as then, you know, how you can scale that, because people want to be able to, how can I be more useful? Or how can I help more people? Or how can I have a greater impact? Or whatever it is people might want to do. Like, there's somebody, like somebody who has never been near a podcast or a microphone or anything in their life, but they had five children and they raised them incredibly well, could have a greater effect on humanity than, uh, than any of us because yeah. of what those five children went on to do. Like we have no way of knowing Like it's, it's very hard to measure where one should, you know, and as far as where you mm. should put your energy and where it's going to have the greatest uh, effect, this is something that you can use uh, your your intuition and you can use synchronicities and you can use all these tools to, to work out what that is because you can find that out. There is, a, there is, you know, you have to pay attention and uh, it might not even be you that knows. Naval spoke about this, that it was his mother who knew what he was supposed to be doing and he had the whole wrong idea and his mother who had been observing him closely he thought he wanted to be this thing and she's like oh no 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 you're not that's not you you're this and he's like oh fuck i am this aren't i you know uh but yeah this is this is something that you can find out needs have to pay attention and we got to stay in the zone you know get in the zone refuse to leave hmm. just imagine like that because we don't record you know on the same cadence uh, you know what I mean? So it's like in the past eight days, maybe we'll record like seven episodes and then we won't record maybe for five weeks. And uh -huh. that's not, you know, going to generate the same kind of craft and energy towards the product and et cetera, et cetera, that yeah. you know, someone like. Ba Dan, yeah, I mean, you're batching. Just, yeah. But you're not you batching <laughs> enough, I guess. That is batching and batching is great, but five weeks is a big gap between. Yeah, like it's five saving weeks time. Is long. But... Yeah, five weeks is long enough to learn how to do something completely different. Or to get into a completely different place. Five weeks is a yeah. long fucking time. Yeah, it's like how often are we in the same headspace on every interview is, a, is an interesting question. Mm -hmm. I actually want to ask you about Twitter just for a second. Do you have a cadence for checking Twitter? Because, I mean, I think a lot of people, myself included, I think I'm still at the point where using Twitter does overall lower my creative output because I don't have the best routines for managing it. Uh, so how do you go about letting yourself you know, have access to this endlessly addicting tool well, not interfering at all with your creative output. Uh, I only fucking, I only look at it. Like, I don't know. I have certain, while I'm making stuff, there might be a period where I need to set something to render. So then I will use that time block to answer emails and answer Twitter replies or whatever it is. I don't have notifications on anything. So sometimes that'll fuck me up, you know, because uh, I don't have any notifications on. I didn't look at WhatsApp for a couple of days. And I got a fucking uh, El Hombre de la Carne, uh, who, who's the fellow who lives around the corner who, who sells me my meat. You know, he's like a big, haggard looking Spanish type fellow. Oh, and he speaks with his hands very much like this. Oh, Akira. You know, he's got these fucking cats. He's amazing. I love this guy. I go see him and he, and he gives me the finest meat in all of Mexico, right? He's got three freezers. He's just slanging steaks out of the freezer. Fucking best <laughs> steaks in Mexico, right? And uh, I love this fucking guy. I go to see him. He's like a Grand Theft Auto side character. You know, it's like you get the kind of guy you go get a quest from. You know what I mean? And I fucking had a message from him. He'd invited me to his house for a party. Right? I had a message. I said, hola, if you like tonight beers and meat in my house with some friends and his girlfriends, 10 p.m. 
nice persons and funny. He sent me this on Saturday. I didn't see it till today because he didn't have notifications. Oh, I could have been at a party, El Hombre de la Carne's uh, Casa, you know? That could have been legendary. But anyway, so yeah, don't have notifications uh, just when it, I have a piece of time uh, between something useful, I will go and do that that stuff. And I'll tend, I'll I'll do like uh, a piece, some a bit of um, admin in the morning, late morning, lunchtime ish. I'll go and make check emails and tweets. But I put Twitter in the same category as all other communication, you know. So I just check my sources of communication. Is what I will do. Mm. So yeah, so psychedelics. Uh, so psychedelics, right? Of which Twitter is is a very powerful psychedelic and should be fucking uh, treated as such. You know. That's interesting. I've never heard that before, but I, right. under, I think I understand what you're saying. Yeah, have, you think uh, of, of, of a psychedelic <clears throat> as something that disrupts uh, your regular state, right? Hmm. And disrupts your consciousness and takes you into another place. Uh, Twitter does that. Twitter fully fucking does that. Twitter, Twitter is about to get real crazy. Uh, yeah, they're recording this on day one or day two of uh, what's his name, Pranath, as the CEO. Yeah, and so. day one he tried to start a race war. That was really interesting. That was really. I don't know if I don't know if you'll notice that. Uh, they have this new feature wherein they've decided to uh, steal. After failing, after stealing stories didn't work. Now they're stealing Clubhouse. Hmm. So they have a thing, a Clubhouse ripoff, and they stick yeah, it at spaces. the top of your feed. And yesterday, at the top of my feed was a space, and the title was something like "Why Do White People Exist?" or something like that. And it was just stuck at the top of my Twitter like for a long time, and you can't get rid of it. And then a bunch of other people reported having the same thing. And then a bunch of other people, I saw a bunch of sort of uh, like bread tubey, sort of the youthful lefty types tweeting. They, at the top of their feed, they had something saying like white or black people exist or something. So it's like these two uh, creepy, designed to be triggering, inflammatory, inflammatory yeah. space things were sent out to a lot of people's feeds and just stuck there. For quite a, for enough time for it to become a fucking thing, and that was day one. Day one. It's a fucking weird social engineering creepazoid thing that they're up to, and you know it'll be interesting to see what what, what they do get up to. Um, I guess. But yeah, anyway, psychedelics. <laughs> and we're. Uh, I don't know how much time you're. You know, I don't know if you have a hard stop or not, so that we can make this. Uh one of the last questions, if not the last, depending on your time constraints. Cool. So Cheetah. what, wait, I got to ask my question though about, okay. um, All right, there this you go. one. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so in one of your videos <laughs> reminded me the, the metaverse set that you did, uh, it was like, yeah. A, a, uh, yeah, yeah. So at the beginning it's got a hole and it's like, you know, um, it's a grid, a, th a 3D grid, and then there's a hole in it, and it represents like gravity at the end of gravity, like where where gravity is so high that the uh, that it pulls it like through the like space time. Right. Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Like no. where if you were going over and and you were coming into it, that you would just continue going down forever. 
Okay. What is on the other side of that? Like uh, greatness. Okay, good. That's the answer I was looking for. Yeah. On the other side is greatness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There may or may not be a song reference there. If that, <laughs> we'll just have to link, you know, Spotify and let people discover these things for themselves. We were talking yeah. about that, I think, in one of the brief moments our uh, recording lapsed about how the joy of discovering, you know, the, the artists, artists and intellectual artists you've covered that people will only like then begin to realize you, oh, you also got this person. Oh, you also got this person. Uh, so we'll let people experience that for themselves. Yeah, because, you know, oftentimes you'll discover someone you like and they might have three albums. Like, Fucking hell, this guy, this is amazing. Yeah, three albums. Uh, I put out three albums in the past couple of weeks, you know. But there's a there's a lot. Uh, a lot for people to go get lost in. And I, this was always something I aspired to because I learned very early that stories are great, but stories are not enough. What people really like is worlds. You know, that's why people love Lord of the Rings. It's a fucking world. You go live there. It's got languages. You know what I mean? got fucking different races it's got peoples it's got weather systems it's got rules it's a whole world it's why people love game of thrones it's a fucking world it's why people love the marvels marvel it's a world right it's why people loved avatar just that one silly thing because it, it was a world people felt like shit that's a place i could go to that's why they love star wars that's why they love star wars and that's why the uh, star wars prequels didn't connect in the same way because they didn't feel like the part of the same world due to the technological adventures that Dr. Lucas was engaging in, God bless him. You know, they felt too clean. It didn't feel like the same world. People were like, I wanted to go back to the world that Luke Skywalker was in. That was a different world to this world. You know, people love worlds. That's something the NFT space is starting to recognize. And, uh, and that's very exciting, you know. And, uh, you know, with Meaning Wave, it's a world. You know, that people can get lost in. There's a lot of different characters in this world. There's a lot of different stories. There's a lot of different uh, routes and journeys and shit that you can go down. And that's a cool thing to be able to do with music. Not a lot of people do that. Uh, people, because people are afraid, you know, because they'll do one thing and it works and then they'll just keep doing that same thing over and over. But that's not a world. That's hell. That's purgatory. You know what I mean? A world is like rich and it's got lots of different shit and different villages and different stuff. That's why people don't like the monoculture that they're trying to foist on the world right now, because that's not a world. It's not a world when everything has the same Starbucks and the same fucking Texaco and whatever the fuck, you know? Like, uh, but yeah, so that was like, that's something to bear in mind if you're creating anything. Don't just create a story or don't just create a product or something. Create a world for people to get lost in. And, uh, and you know, they'll, they'll keep coming back. You'll have them forever. As long as you don't fuck up your world. That was some taking some twists and turns. I uh, <laughs> <thought>. <laughs> anyway, good, good twists and turns. It's, there's a world, right? I mean, there's a, it's, the world has its own directional system, uh, and I'm just not calibrated to that one quite yet. But yeah, so what is the role, you know, psychedelics play in your music, your thinking, your philosophy? Kind of, do you have advocacy positions for psychedelics? Uh, and then we'll we'll tie it off there. Well, I um, was exposed to psychedelics uh, at a young age because they grew by my house, you know. And they grew around the back of the science block in my school. You know what I mean? And um, so, like, I think I first, like, had psychedelic experiences of that nature 
uh, when I was still at school. I left school at 16, so I must have been like 15 or something like that, you know. And it's one of those things, like I was saying earlier about the whole genie in the bottle situation. It's like once you've seen some things, they cannot be unseen. So once you're aware of how much bigger things are than than what you assumed, uh, once you start to realize, you know, that what you see is not all there is and how limited your perception is. It leaves out more than it takes in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, that was... Uh, Aldous Huxley wrote about that in The Gates of Perception in Heaven and Hell, I think it was called, which I read when I was a kid. And that was, yeah, Alan Watts spoke about that that quite a lot. The, um, uh, the ordinary everyday, ordinary everyday consciousness, right? So now this is, and this is, there's different ways to get to this realization. Psychedelics could be argued to be a shortcut. People who get to this realization via other means. Uh, you know, religious people have done it uh, for, for thousands of years via prayer and meditation and self-flagellation and, and uh, sleep deprivation and all sorts of other things that rhyme with Asian for some reason. And, you know, there are many rooms in the mansion and there are many, many doors. And Carl, not Carl, <laughs> it was Carl, yeah. C.J. Young. C.J. Young did did warn of unearned wisdom, right? Of being wary of unearned wisdom. Definitely. And that's something to bear in mind. You know, it's like easy to go on a yay, let's all take ayahuasca and everything will be groovy type vibe. Not necessarily the case. Not necessarily the case. Uh, you know, that's why I did the Graham Hancock album. Uh, because he, he basically does a, makes a great case for, like, you know, this isn't fucking recreational ha-ha-ha fun time type shit. This is, like, fucking sacred, super powerful shit that needs to be retreated, treated with respect and care. Now, we have... It works. Like, shit works. And as regards to the uh, its uses uh, for treating PTSD and stuff like that that's going on at the moment, which is, a, which is amazing uh, to see. Uh, shout out uh, to Tim and the gang who are on that wave. Shout out to all the ketamine therapists. That was another one. Uh, my formative ketamine experiences were probably the most, the way you think a drug experience is going to be. But like, yeah, once you're like, oh shit, time and space and all these things can be experienced completely differently and manipulated differently, that will change you forever if you pay attention and don't just like step back into your old life. And even if you step into back into your old life, there's still going to be that uneasy feeling, you know? Uh, as far as I'm trying to remember what the point of the question was. Uh, just the extent to which it influences Would you encourage everything. it? Like, well, it's, yeah. So the expense and the position you take, yeah. it was a thing that I was exposed to very early and therefore just changed me forever. In the way that, uh, you know, I was, speaking, I was talking with Grant Morrison about these kinds of experiences. He saw uh, the Stanley Kubrick movie, 2001 A Space Odyssey, when he was like seven. That was his big alchemical fucking mind blow transformation thing. And he had his mother take him back to the movies to watch it like seven times. And that fucking changed his whole awareness of everything he didn't even you know and after that he he had a psychedelic experiences but they that had already happened via that movie 
and him being so young and impressionable and so like amazed and awed and seeing it so big and really paying attention and doing it over and over and over that was that was a transformative psychedelic experience for him uh, and a lot of other people that was a deliberately transformative alchemical work in the mold of the Sistine Chapel and the works of Shakespeare and changed a whole fucking generation that went on to change everything which is all the stuff we're now talking about but uh, so yeah, that, that happened early and that was a thing that could not be undone. Um, but it's not the only, like I was saying, it's not the only way of getting there. It's not the only, um, route to that kind of awareness or world or what have you. Did, was that all of the question answered or was there more? I think so. In that one? I think so. Uh, but... This as regards to like say. what the fuck DMT elves are, I don't, you know, if they're goodies or baddies or how much attention one should pay to them or whatever, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Parting words and or calls to action for people who listen to this, found it interesting and want more meaning in their lives. Yeah, go, uh, yeah, listen to Meaning Wave. I would say listen to Meaning Wave. It's, it's pretty good. You know, it's pretty good. If I didn't make it, I would be really, really happy that it existed. I'll tell you that much. And that's a nice thing to be engaged in. It's a nice thing to be involved in something that you wholeheartedly uh, would wish existed and exists because you wanted it to exist and you made it exist. Uh, but yeah, go listen to Meaning Wave. Wherever you listen to music, you will find it. Great. Well, we will sign off there. Thank you so much. Hey. That wraps up this super awesome conversation with Akira the Don, one of my favorite musicians. Hopefully you see now why he is a fascinating person to listen to. He's got a lot of ideas and his music is a source for a lot of them. So that's pretty much my only takeaway here is go listen to his music. That's the only call to action is literally go listen to this guy's music. But three actual takeaways from me for this conversation. First one is just about the kind of thought in your head of like, what would you be like if you stopped wasting time? That's such a fascinating concept. And Kira really integrated that wisdom and his period of hyper productivity really speaks for itself with how unbelievably prolific he was and is for the past four years or so. It's insane what you'd be like if you just focus on not productivity for the sake of getting in the way of life, but just where wasted time is being wasted on nothing of value, right? Because if it's time spent on something of value, it's therefore not wasted, but wasting time on things of no value if you can eliminate that as much as humanly possible, it's amazing what you can do. And I find that expression, you know, stop wasting time is something to be really helpful to like write on your daily plan or just kind of keep top of mind to motivate yourself to get more of your important work done because the benefit, right? Like think about how many people Akira has positively benefited. He gives just a few examples in this episode. I mean, he's got millions of listens. Like so many people have been positively affected because he stopped wasting time. It's not just about you and getting more done. It's about, you know, if the work you're doing is important, it's also going to be helping a lot more people. Second takeaway from me is about how he just got his shit together so quickly because of having a kid. Uh, that's not something I'd really thought about before. Not going to necessarily go out and have a kid just because I thought about that from Akira. But, and the counter example is definitely also the case. A lot of people think like having a children, having a children, having kids will fix their problems immediately. Not necessarily the case, but it was interesting how for Akira that kind of came together. And I can see that being true for this certain type of person. So don't lie to yourself and say that's going to be true for you if it's not, but it is something to consider, I guess. Uh, third takeaway from me is the discussion about, you know, Carl Jung has this expression that if you don't have a plan for how you're going to use your time, someone else will use your time. There's kind of the cliche expression that if you're not living your dream, you're going to help someone else live their dream. Uh, and that's very true. And this interview is a very good reminder of that. 
Uh, it was a dream of mine to interview Kira. So we got that done. So, you know, come up with something, make a plan for yourself. There's a really good song by Kira, by Kira from Jordan Peterson about having an aim, living in the day, and like the importance of having kind of a North Star uh, to have a meaningful life. That's a great song. Highly recommend checking it out. That's what I have to say for this conversation with Akira the Don. I just said it before. I'll say it again. Check out his music. It's on Spotify. It's on YouTube. It's free. I think you'll really enjoy it. If you want to see the next episode from us, make sure that wherever you're listening to this episode, you subscribe so you know when the next one comes out. That should be roughly one week from now. See you then. Bye-bye.